We're Life is Good. We created our first t-shirt back in 94 when we were fed up with the daily flood of negative news. Sound familiar? Since then, our super soft tees have been helping people make positive connections, reminding us every day that even though life isn't easy or perfect, life is good. Today, we're serving up fresh designs daily and giving 10% of annual profits to help over 1 million kids a year. Join us at lifeisgood.com and let's spread some optimism together. Marco Hoyce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hood's turn for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. Hey, welcome to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. Feeling pretty good spirits right now. Pretty good weekend. Carver, how are you doing? Pretty good weekend. Pretty <laughs> good. Jake, it was the best goddamn weekend of my life. <laughs> I mean, you didn't get, the... hy- you didn't get hypothermia? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Still need uh, to get checked out for that. Um, I mean... Yeah, well, I don't want to get into St. Louis, at least now, but I mean, no, of no. course, top of the table, first time since the 1920 season, although I, I saw that stat, but I honestly cannot remember when we, I thought it was the 1819 season whenever we blew the nine-point lead. I don't remember oh, being... When you said up, 1920, I thought you meant like 19. the year 1920. I was like, this is uh, <laughs> not, not, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't remember when we were... And first at all, at any point during the 1920 season. But anyway, regardless, it's been a long time and could not be happier to be here. I would not have ever even expected this in my wildest dreams. I said it every week now for the past few weeks, but in fall, I was like, maybe we get top four, top three, if we're really feeling it. I mean, even in our uh, mid-season review with our survey, I mean, the whole fan base on our, of our show was thinking the exact same thing. So I'm I'm on cloud nine. Yeah, very very negative halfway through this season, uh, and then of course we all know what happened. And we talked about it a lot last week. It was like a couple results. No, I mean the streak ended. Obviously, we lost to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. We drew against Schalke with it being Schalke, especially disheartening. And so this was kind of like the moment where, like, okay, are we gonna be? the Dortmund we know, love, and despise, or that breaks our heart, or like, are we going to be able to push through, persevere, and keep things rolling? And holy hell, did we keep things rolling and like go beyond that? Um, yeah, 6-1 win, first Colne. Uh, in- incredible, incredible, <laughs> incredible scenes. I tweeted at one point, I was like, well, our score predictions are wrong, so never <laughs> listen to po- the podcast again, because Although well, you, at that point, when I put that out, I didn't realize I forgot that Adam's prediction was 4-1. So it could have ended at Adam's prediction, but... I was just about to say that, yeah. Right when so you apolog- tweeted that, I was like, well... Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to Adam. I overlooked that. But as far as... I don't even remember what our predictions were, but I knew it wasn't how the game was going. I, I think we both had three ones, if I'm not wrong. You might have had like a 3-2. Three, three, two, two, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's It was a party. I mean... 
we've we usually I think we have like two, maybe three of these games every season of just like battering another team. So could not have literally could not have come at a better time, in my opinion, because you have now you have the break. You have players that can finally get some much, much needed rest. You have players that could hopefully finish up their um, their uh, stints with recovery. I mean, Adeyemi, Brandt was a question mark for the Cologne game, so I'm imagining he'll be pretty much good to go against Bayern in two weeks. I mean, you can keep going down the list. Koble. So it was it was the perfect confidence booster going into Dear Classicer on April 1st. But yeah, the lineup here, Koble, uh, muscle problems were fixed up, but it looked like he caught a little bit of an illness, so he was out for this one. Back four of Rearson, Schlotterbeck, Sule, and Wolf. Then you have sort of like a almost like a midfield trio at times of Dahoud, Bellingham, and Guerrero back in the midfield with Rafa. Up top, Malin, Hilaire, and Royce. Did you have any thoughts on how we were looking to line up? Um, I know we talked a little bit about like the six situation and what that might look like. Uh, and I guess the answer is to play eights and tens. I don't know exactly. <laughs> the answer is no sixes. Let's just attack. I guess Bellingham could maybe sitting slightly back in that six position, maybe a little more. Uh, I don't really know. But it was, it was just interesting seeing, I think, Dahoud and Guerrero. Uh, and I mean, Bellingham's always going to be in there, but I, I, Dehoud was an interesting one. After seeing Rafa's performance the other week, um, it made sense that we we're going to see him in the midfield again, uh, especially with the performance and uh, just the injuries we have. So that wasn't a surprise. I think it was more Dehoud, um, which was talked about on the broadcast too, knowing that he's not going to be here, but they keep saying he's going to have a role. So, but we haven't seen him. So, what's that role going to be? Just so interesting to see him slot in, but not mad at all because. Boy, was this a performance, especially especially by Rafa. And maybe we just jump into it now, the Rafa in midfield conversation. <laughs> um, and if Let's I want to cop anything as far as me throwing a lot of heat at Rafa and saying I'm done with him, over it, blah, 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 blah. He's not a midfielder because why has he been playing left back for the last 10 years if he's a midfielder? I'll take I'll take midfield Rafa all day. I will take it. My main frustration was him playing left back and getting so far out of position and doing all these wild things on the other side of the pitch and not holding down that left back position. That like I have no problem with Rafa being great and banging in goals and getting these assists. Fantastic. But my I think my my main beef was and in, in uh frustration with was him getting in the middle and the right side of the pitch as a left back and getting so drawn out of position. So I mean, people can say I'm flipping, flopping, if flip flopping if they want. I don't really care. This is where I stand. I don't know if I can defend <laughs> no, myself. I don't, I don't know if I have a leg to stand on, but I'm just <laughs> saying how I feel. Well, the feelings of criticism is not exclusive to you. I mentioned right before we started recording, I myself, I mean, when we had Stefan on here, we were doing this, all saying the same thing that Guerrero just looks like kind of like a lost cause at this point, at least in the defensive back line. And I tweeted also a few weeks, even before he started playing in midfield, that if we want to, if, if, if the plan, I mean, this was a few weeks ago, but if the plan of the club going forward was to not extend with Rafa and go with Benzabaini for the sake of stability, that's fine. But there needs to be more investment than just Benzabaini because then you have someone who is still a bit of a question mark at a, a little bit higher of a level, 
And if something happens to him, what happens then? You're kind of in the exact same position again of just looking back there thinking, I have no idea who's going to be playing left back. I mean, of course, you have Rearson, but I'm, I just don't think, obviously, it's not his natural position. And then also, you know, we're trying to plug Rearson in other holes too. So there needed to be more investment than just Benzabai. And, and it looks like, uh, at least according um, to reports from the Ruhr Nachrichten, uh, reporting that Dortmund are ready to offer him an extension. Um, his role in the back line would probably be non-existent with this new offer. And I'm pretty satisfied with it. I mean, you got to think of what, not, not necessarily what Guerrero cannot do, but what can Guerrero actually do whenever he's put in and he's put into a position that sets himself up for like to succeed. I mean, just look in just, just these last two Bundesliga games, the man has three assists and two goals in the span of seven days. So, and not to mention him I and mean, he was just involved with so many other goals and, and build up or, or you name it. So I was just going to say, maybe we'll talk about it more when we like get into the goals, but he just looked like he was having like having fun, but just like toying with people like he, he was happier. Insane. Yeah. So I like having two, at least one left back on the team and then a player who can play left back if needed in Guerrero. And then you can do the same thing with Rearson too. I'm, I'm all for the depth. So I think this is honestly the right move here to keep Rafa in this squad for the depth, the versatility, the dynamism in the uh, the midfield. I mean, of course, we're going to need someone to uh, be more of a creative player as well. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. And really, I, I think this is um, the, the right move. How do you see the midfield looking like moving forward? I guess not, not this season particularly, but next season in the... I mean, the Jude thing. Maybe we don't get in the Jude thing now, but I, or, or we do. If Jude is here, I guess if Jude stays at Dortmund, which as we talked about, a few, it's been a few weeks uh, we talked about before, like seems more likely, which is how the, the team is performing and in our ambition now, like may, maybe it is an option for him to stay. Um, but how does that midfield look, out, look with a healthy, with Guerrero now a midfield option and like a healthy midfield? Is he just kind of, is it more like who who's in form gets a spot? Because I like, I just, it seems like yeah. we have with him in there for consideration, especially if Jude is still with us next season, just seems like a lot of these kind of attacking midfield options. And especially, I don't know if Kamada is still on the table. Maybe yeah. this Rafa thing changes that. Yeah. Um, but like, what, what does the midfield look like? Well, either way, I mean, I said it a bunch of times now, but it's a good problem to have for a coach. You know, you'd, I'd much rather have Terzic having a lot at his disposal, trying to figure out what works best for the team rather than having bare bones and the lineups picking themselves, you know. Um, I think it is probably just, I mean, I, I'm interested to see too how the the role that the club is going to offer him. Because again, I think Brandt is starting to slip more, a little bit more centrally, like you mentioned with Kamada too. Um Anton Stock from Mainz. I've, I've, I mean, I know the club too. I saw reports that they've been interested in for a few years now, but I have as well. I mean, he can play in the number six if needed. He can play in the eight. Uh, you name it. So um, I'm going to be interested to see how we would line up as well, especially too if if Royce is going to be maybe a little bit more of like a rotation player. I'm not sure, but right now I would probably still have Jude. Obviously, if he's going to be here. Still waiting on his uh, the word for his future, which I think during this international break, we're going to get a lot more clarification on players like him, players like uh, the Royce situation, the Hummel situation. So 
I'd have Jude if he's still here. I'd still have Chan as my number six. Um, and then Brant, Royce, maybe switching off between the left and middle side. And then uh, Slotten and Guerrero maybe as a creative player when needed. But again, it just it just depends. It's 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 a good problem to have having all that depth. You know, you're going to have a lot of congested fixtures and everything. And if you want to be ambitious with going for maybe more than one competition, that's the kind of numbers you need. Yeah. And I think looking at the depth, I mean, this is something which helped us in 2023 when the season started up again was like we had depth, like people were healthy. We had all these options. So it's definitely not a, a, a problem to have. Uh, it's or it's a good problem to have. And especially when you look at the like the versatility of these players like Royce and Brant and throw Reyna in there could can play centrally. Uh, they can play in the midfield or they can be more attacking options higher up the field. And then you have Rafa who when we haven't really seen it, but I'm sure throw him in the front three if we need it or he can play in the midfield like we're seeing. And of course, that gives uh, the, the left back a little bit of depth too. Um, although that might make me mad depending on how that if he doesn't play that left back role, say we put him in left back and he doesn't play that role, I'd be a little upset. But it's good to have like the versatile Ver- versatile that that, uh, that that word just sounded very wrong in my head uh, <laughs> but it's good to have the versatility and those versatile players in like those depth like kind of depth positions like you have depth all around the field with the same players obviously the issue is if, if someone goes out but it's it's good to have depth in m- multiple spots so it's not a it's not really a problem uh, it's just like interesting to see how Terzic figures it out but hey nothing nothing really wrong with it um you went through the lineup uh i mean anything else else on rafa in the midfield or should we get into uh this game other other than the fact that it was just rafa like having fun yeah so we went over the lineup already i i just right out the gate in this game i loved the just the uh, lots of movement in the midfield you know players were active they weren't passive uh they were working for each other again like you mentioned players look like they're enjoying themselves a bit more too obviously rafa as well i love how versatile we are in our attack right now. I mean, just so many different ways this this team can punish you. I mean, the quick one-two football that or touch football that we always talk about, it's obviously very difficult to defend. One of those goals, the Haller goal. Um, did Haller get two goals? Now I'm blanking. Yes. Uh, he did his first one uh, with the quick link up between him, Royce, and Guerrero. That quick one-two f- uh, touch football, very, very hard to defend. I mean, we could break you on the uh, the break with pace with Malin. We could stretch you wide. We could play centrally. Again, just a bunch of different ways that this team can hurt you and punish you. And that's what we got to see on display during this game. Just this this team really going out there and putting the show on. Yeah, and even so, starting with the first goal, I don't want to skip ahead over that, but that that's mm. exactly what, what we saw. The like the quick ball movement, one two passes having Guerrero in there, like being in the, those tight spaces where he can work really well. Um, and so just, I mean, the, the movement started starting with Wolf um, and then the, the like one, two, it was like multiple one, two link ups with uh, Malin and Guerrero. Maybe it was just one. I'm watching the replay right now and it's kind of Malin doing this crazy spin move around a dude, getting the ball to Guerrero mm-hmm. who just has like this nice, easy tap in. I mean, it's, I don't think that the tap in was necessarily easy, but his, with his skill and like, his his first touch getting the ball like settled yeah yeah it it, it looked so easy and I thought Malin looked pretty 
good in this game too. He got the goal. I know we were texting about the goal. He probably should have had a couple. It was it was that same typical Mullen stuff where his shots go right at the keeper. He got fortunate on one of them. Still went right at the keeper, but it deflected off his hands and went in the goal. But I was... So this game specifically, I think per our conversation last week, I was watching Mullen a lot closer as far as what he... I guess his link-up play and his passes. Like We, we know he has that skill. It, it seems like it's obviously more disappointing in the finish, but I, I tried to focus more on that and less on uh, his his shooting. Um, and I thought he he obviously the the assist with Guerrero just right off the bat was like amazing. Um, yeah. So that that made me a lot happier seeing him as like a starter. And it's like yeah, still needs to work on the finish. But if you're creating these opportunities and moments, then cool. Yeah, and, and again, just the stretching of the play. He made some good runs here and there as well, bringing that pace. Finally got to see some glimpses of that as well. Um, I'll, I'll leave my words. I think Mullen had a very, very good game. He came out and, uh, for the most part, uh, proved me wrong and, and, and just my doubts of his abilities, except for the finishing. Yeah, right. Even his goal was right at the keeper. It just had too much venom on it because I mean we've talked about it plenty of times before too. The man has a ridiculous amount of shot power. I'm I'm like I sit here trying to rack my brain since he's been at Dortmund, trying to think of like how many players that I've watched closely that has that kind of shot power, especially with just how quick he can turn and fire them off too. It's not so much as he has like a lot of the times when he shoots, he doesn't have all this time and space. I mean he's he's in the box or he's like already on a half turn. So just to generate that sort of um, venom into his shots is is very impressive. But yeah, I just kind of got pretty fortunate with uh, some bad goalkeeping from the uh, Cologne goalkeeper. Uh, and yeah, Malinetta one also got two assists. It, w- it was just, it was a crazy half. I mean, I've, I've loved Hilaire getting a goal too. Keep going back to the confidence boosters, but like, I mean, every uh, Malin was much needed for a confidence booster. Hilaire, of course, now people have been kind of starting to throw some question marks at him. Um, we touched on him already, but he got two goals in this one. His first one on his left foot, uh, kind of a little bit further than the penalty box. It was it was not an easy one. It wasn't a difficult one, but it wasn't uh, an easy one either. So it was a good finish from him. It was it was a hell of a half. And Royce getting his goal. And Royce, which. This this is the one where Mullen should a hundred percent should have scored this, uh, but shot it right at the keeper, saved it, but like deflected out, and then Royce was able was there to put it away and got his hundred fiftieth Bundesliga goal. Yep, is now officially uh, Dortmund's highest goal scorer. Right? Correct. Yep. 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 Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And he um, already was a club legend, but just continues to solidify himself as like the man at this club, which is. Just it's just what a time to be alive, really, and uh, it's cool that you know he was really like the first player that I took notice of when I became a Dortmund fan like a decade ago now, and uh, and it was a, it was a great shot too. I mean, it was yeah. it, fair play to Rafa to, for keeping his head up whenever he received the ball after Malin's shot. I mean, he could have easily just kind of real quick fired another one or sent in a cross too, which. I just don't think we've been that successful with that kind of thing this season so far. But to, yeah, to keep his you know a cool head, look up at Royce and just yeah, what a cool finish from him. I mean, the way Royce strikes the ball is 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 just super fascinating to me. Like with just his hips and the way he like places his feet after he strikes the ball too. It's it's interesting oh, and it was uh yeah. it was some top titty stuff hitting the side netting. 
It was such a... I just watched the replay again. There, there, So much happened in this game. And then the second half, I kind of... I was... I had texted you that. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the second half later. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, never mind. I'm going to watch it. But I was yeah. kind of like... I was, doing, I was getting ready for work and I was doing some stuff. So I didn't take in like it fully. I kind of just was hearing a lot. Um, but I, I, I watched the whole first half, but I'm just trying to catch up and relive it. And I just that, that shot from Royce was so, it's like such a cheeky goal. It's like, you had no right to score that with how much congestion there was in the box and just to like dink it away. So like, I mean, it looked like a subtle little dink and it's like, man, how dirty of you. So, so good. This, so this, I mean, this match was, the it, it was like everything we needed it to be mm-hmm, as far mm-hmm. as all the all the questions mark question marks we were having after the last two results can we can we keep pushing i kind of said this in the beginning but like can we keep pushing can we actually make a run can we do this can we win this year can Haller like is Haller where we going to get the be? goals yeah um, rafa in the midfield is that what it's going to need to be and it's it was just a, the full co- culmination of yes the answer is yeah. Yes, we can do it. Haller, like there should be no concerns with Haller. Um, and I, we we talked about his fitness and stamina la- levels. And I know we were a little down on it because like it seemed like he hadn't been performing it as well. And maybe we weren't playing directly through him um, on the pitch. But we also got to keep in mind like we were playing, we had the Champions League games midweek and he was still starting all those games. So you got to think of where he is fitness wise. And now look, look what happened with a week off. Like this was a full team performance. Um, but like, this is what he can do still. Like he can still bang in these two goals and, and then Royce stepping up and, and scoring two goals too. Like, cause I know there's, I know there's some, like no one doubts he's a legend, but I think there's definitely been some question marks cause there's been a little inconsistency with some, uh, minor injuries and a couple Ill- illnesses. So it's easy to think, well, maybe this is like, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe we're not going to get much out of him this year, even though he's, he stepped in and made an amazing free kick and he's been getting some goals this season, but this, just this whole match, it was epic and like everything we needed to, I think silence any doubts for the remainder of the, the season. Like there, I mean, we still got a lot of games left, but like I'm, this gives me so much confidence moving yeah. forward. And, and stepping away and like looking at a broader sense at a collective level as well, you had so many question marks about this team at that sort of level as well. I mean, how are we going to perform against, I mean, we coming off the Riviera Derby, stumbling with our, uh, keeping up pace with Bayern in the league. Now you're back at home against an aggressive cone side. And you're thinking like, well, are they going to bounce back against a team that's not going to give you space, a team that's going to continue pressing, that's, that's going to press up high up the pitch. Um, that's not going to give you that space to work with. And Again, we answered all those questions. At, at two, coming out the second half, how are we going to uh, come out? Because um, usually the past few weeks, second half comes out and we've been kind of playing like a dud for the first like 10 minutes. Sometimes we concede early on in the second half, you know, yada, yada. So it was, it was, uh, it was very shock. It was pretty shocking to me, but it was also just extremely impressive too, the way we played against this. Again, very aggressive Cone team who continued to press high when they were down even like 4-0. Um, right? I think they've scored four. Yeah. Um, or at least, yeah, four before they got run right before the break. But still, I mean, they're continued to just keep laying on that pressure on us. And we, we just, again, played out of the back. You could play it long. We played, uh, even though I talked about the quick one-two football, touch football, 
We also had 23 more long balls than Cole in this game. So there were times where we could, you know, play it wide and, and play on the break with pace and, and stretch them wide. So it was, it was really cool to see again, how versatile we are and how we are able to go against a team who is um, pretty opposite of how Schalke was playing just a week prior. Yeah, that's always something I've I've loved about this team too. I think when I first got into Dortmund, I was like looking at them as a transition team or I mean, obviously in transition, but more of like a counterattacking team. But it's just because we're so versatile, like we can kind of do it all. <laughs> we we can play with possession. We can play in transition. We pl- play on the counter. We just have like, we just are threatening from so many different ways. Um, and obviously like, I mean, I go, go, not just the last season, but the last couple of seasons, like Holland was a big part in that like transition play because he was so fast. And it's like, as long as we get it, have a little outlet and get it up to Holland, like we can move, but we can still do that. Um, it's obviously not the Holland show anymore. And and that's what I've loved about this um, part of the season, 2023 specifically, is like w- we are getting goals around. Like we, that's what we needed. We were missing so many goals with Holland leaving. I don't know why I'm backtracking so much to Holland, but I think <laughs> I'm just, because like everything, we were, go back to midway through the season and before that too, we were just like, I think there was so much, so many question marks about like, can we get the goals? Are we going to be yeah, able to Yeah, I was going to say, rightfully so, you're, yeah. you're losing one of the best strikers in Europe and then your replacement, of course, uh, is diagnosed with cancer and is out for, I mean, at the time, we didn't think he was going to be an Dortmund kid at all. So yeah, it's absolutely rightfully so to ask those questions of how is this team going to score goals exactly? And, you know, people at the time were looking at Mukoko and he was producing, don't get me wrong, but it's also like, that's, that's not the kind of profile that's going to get you titles. It's just not. Um, and especially just continuing to rely on youth. And of course, I mean, youth is, is deeply rooted in this club, but it's just, you can't rely on them solely as your bailout almost for those kind of games. And now we're starting to look a little bit more like a cohesive unit and, and have a little bit more threat to our attacks and again very versatile how we can uh, punish you so it's 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 cool man and i think i mean another thing that plays into it and the excitement and the hype is like i think two weeks ago when brant went out we were so concerned (laughs) because brant's been the guy uh and to again full team effort almost like next next man up mentality even though it's like a rafa next man up shifting from left back to the midfield, but still like when we were worried about where our creativity is going to come, especially with Royce was kind of out and Brant was out. Uh, Brant just went down and we're like, well, what's going to happen now? Like, is it Raina? Is it like, who's going to be able to step up? And it's Rafa and no issues. Cause and I know this, like this game obviously got out of hand and we're not going to, we're not going to fly the rest of the season winning games like this. Uh, we're going to have some tough ones and it's going to be hard, but I don't know. I'm just like so hyped and I I I don't think I'm overreacting. <laughs> I don't think this is like taking too much confidence from this win. Um it just like solidifies the I don't know, the excitement and in the the reasons why we should f- feel like there's a realistic chance. We're getting we're getting down to like the final stretch to mm-hmm. where cuz I I don't think it's bad to say like most Dortmund fans like, yeah, we're hopeful, especially with this 10, 10 game win streak we had, but there's probably still some doubts like, yeah, Bayern's probably still going to pull away, but I'm just like so confident at this point. And, and again, rightfully so you look at our record and we have not lost in the league since November 
and we've only taken one loss in all competitions since November. So it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rightfully so to have this sort of confidence and, um, Credit to Terzic, too, for putting Guerrero in the midfield and knowing that he can be that creative player when we needed someone like him. And Brandt goes out, and Royce was still a question mark for a while, too, around that same time. And, of course, Jude is a player that can drive the ball forward. He can be creative as well, but you need someone to help him out. I mean, Jude cannot do everything in the midfield. He just can't, especially in a game in these last few games where, you know, Chan has been suspended, too. So, I mean, you need, you need help in that midfield, and I think Terzic, you know, credit to him for kind of picking that out and uh, reacting and tweaking the system a bit to still get results out of this team, which is exactly what he did. I mean, a six-one is is a huge. It's it's a huge statement, and that's what I think this game was overall. It was a statement. It was a powerful performance. It was dominating, and again, just exactly what you needed going into Derek Lassiker. Um, I mean, any other points? I was kind of ready to transition a little bit, but any other points from this game? Anything you want to hit specifically before we? Um, just, rolling? I mean, I know we, th- Terzic, I think also did a pretty good job of just throwing in a lot of the subs towards the end of the game to try to maximize as much as you can out of those subs. Uh, nothing really came of them, unfortunately. I think they were all pretty disappointing, but still, they got some minutes on the field. I mean, Mounier, uh, he's hasn't been playing much at all. I don't think, yeah, at least in the last few months, um, has not played since before the World Cup, really. So good to get hit some him some minutes a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit more up to fitness. Uh, Modest some more minutes. You have Reyna and Hummels. Rota got to come on as well. So nice to get him back in the bully. Um, I guess that was really it. Yeah. Um, the next thing I wanted to look at was just just injuries. Uh, I know because obviously there's some guys who went, Brant is the one we're like hoping to come back soon in Kobol. And now that we have the, the international break, we have another week off. Great looking forward. I mean, the last thing I saw, I don't know if you've seen more recently, but Brandt was set for an early April return. Obviously, the Dirk Classicer is April 1st. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like with how with how close he seemed this match, I'm hoping he's definitely going to be back uh, for this game. Adi Yimi, what I'm looking at now says a few days, so he could be coming back too. So we'll have that option. Oshan was out for a cold. Uh, Makoko is also set for early April. I don't know if you've seen anything different, but those were the ones um, that in Kobol, obviously, I don't know if I mentioned that one, yeah. but like we, we potentially have these four or five guys uh, back as options for Dirk Classicer. Again, the international break could not have come at a more perfect time. I mean, you, we, the boys desperately need this two week break here to, um, to just, you know, rejuvenate a bit collect themselves and get in the right mindset for this game against Bayern. I, I think, and, and I'm not in the, I don't think I'm in the minority on this. I think this team needs to go out and fight for a win at Bayern. Don't just settle for a draw and don't just try not to lose. I'm, I think you need to go and just grab this game by the balls and try to get a win in Munich because if you settle for a draw, of course, I, I think, I don't think Bayern are going to drop many more points this season. And don't forget Right after Bayern, we have Leipzig in the Pokal. It's the Pokal, of course, but then you have Union Berlin right after that in the league. So we have three, pretty much the three hardest fixtures all season within the span of seven days. So again, much needed for these next 10 or 12 days for the players to get in that right mindset of, boys, the finish line's right there. 
I mean, go out and just finish the job and let's bring home the silverware. So April 1st, Tour Classicer. April 5th, the following Wednesday is Leipzig. Are you, put your mind, your coach's hat on, which I know you have anyways. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's no, there's no way, there's no like reservations with, with Bayern. Like that, this is the most important game, right? And you're, you kind of throw everything at it. Like no consideration or thought I would feel for the Leipzig game. Because at this point, this, this Bayern game is more important than Pokal to me. It, it is more important to me. The only slight pushback I have is just throwing everything at them just because, again, we have those two, I mean, Berlin the following week after, and I don't want to obviously send anyone back onto the injury list. So, I mean, I, I know Terzik is obviously smarter than both of us, so I, he's not going to rush anyone back, but maybe players like Adeyemi will come on as like an impact sub or something like that, but I can imagine maybe Brandt getting a start. Um and and yeah, definitely just having that mentality of throwing the kitchen sink for everyone that's available for that game. I would say everyone who's still a bit of a question mark, just you know, be cautious because you have two hugely important games just following that. Um, I do want to shout out Bayer Leverkusen. I feel like I I cop some heat <laughs> for saying that I'm gonna watch more of their games now after they played in in St. Louis, and I don't know. Seeing them in person makes me want to watch their games. I did say I'm not going to be a Leverkusen fan. I'm just yeah, might watch don't. them. I'm just might watch them. <laughs> I was definitely a Leverkusen fan on the weekend, though, when they were playing Bayern. <laughs> no problem admitting that. I will. So, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. We don't have to get into the game or anything. But like you said, we're top of the league. Bayern dropped these points. Leverkusen uh, beat them, kind of helping us out a ton. And we're, we're sitting top of the league. Um, cause it's been this back and forth. It's like, we're, we're tied on points. Uh, we get in the lead for a day and then Byron plays the next day and they're, they're back on top. And, and so now we, we have this lead, which is why this, this match, I mean, this, this is always an important match, but it is the most important match right now because this, this is like the, this is the title winning match. Yeah. Uh, if, if we can, if we can get this, get, take care of business here. Um, I mean, yeah, Munich have really been stumbling, stumbling, excuse me, in the league, just the Bundesliga this calendar year. I mean, you take their three draws right out of the gate in January. That really helped us catch up a bit. And then they have two losses in their last five games now. You have the Gladbach in mid-February. And then, of course, just this past weekend against Leverkusen, which Leverkusen outplayed them. I mean, just plain and simple. I, I think they pretty much ran them off the pitch almost. Of course, Munich were missing some vital players in Musiala, uh, Chupo Motang, which is crazy to say in 2023 that Chupo Motang would be vital to the Munich squad over Sadio Mane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, that, like they're extending his contract too. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, of course, you had Gnabry and Coman was on the bench too for Bayern, but still, uh, they are stumbling a bit. And this would be a good time to kind of hit them while they're uh, uh, not in their best form. And, and I retweeted on our page, to I think it was either today or yesterday, that Musiala picked up a uh, torn torn muscle fiber somewhere. I honestly cannot remember where in his leg. Ham, hamstring, maybe. Hamstring. So he'll be out for at least a few weeks is what I read. So I think at the very most, he'll be an, maybe an impact sub against Dortmund. And I think that's maybe rushing it. So that uh, gives you a little bit more glimmer of hope because pretty much everything runs through Musiala at the moment at Bayern. I mean, they have top quality out the ass, but Musiala just runs that team. So having him out would be 
pretty huge for us, of course, even more of a bit of a confidence booster. Um, but this is still at Munich. And again, you, I cannot overstate enough that Munich, they act like champions. So, I mean, as someone who's watched the Bundesliga for the last 10 years or so, I mean, Munich just act like champions. They go for the juggler. They don't give up. They continuously beat down opposition. So it is going to be, it's going to be a hell of a match. And I really hope our lads are up to it, which I think, honestly, I I mean, a lot of times in recent years, I think we haven't been up to it mentally, but this team just has something a little bit different about them. You know, they go at an individual level, go at a collective level, Uh, either way you want to put it. I think this team has a little, uh, something special. And you know what? I don't want to minimize that. They have something special going on about them. I don't want to say a little. I, I'm going to say one thing to backtrack just a little bit. Munich acts like champions for the last decade because they are the champions. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't stumble on first place for 10 years running now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I'm not going to break down every fixture or anything, but just looking ahead at by and we we like we have to do our business, right? That's the most important thing. We have to go out and win our games. We can't just like hope that Bayern stumbles. Um, and and going into their classicer, like my concern is they are going to come back after the international break. Like, I mean, they're playing at home. They're going to want to beat us regardless. But especially like coming off this loss for them is a lot more dangerous for us, anyways, because they're going to want to. Uh, like a, yeah. a comeback result, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna yeah, fight totally fight even harder. Um, so it it is like it's great that we have the international break, but this is also <laughs> it's always a dangerous time to play them, but maybe the most dangerous time to play them, like coming off a yeah, loss, coming off a loss. Them. But know. looking ahead at at their schedule specifically, I I think if you look at the Bundesliga schedule, like they this the last end of the stretch of the season, like they probably have an easier go than we do uh, playing. Hoffenheim and Hertha and Schalke and Köln, like Leipzig's in there. Um, and again, I'm not going to just like hinge on the hope uh, that because yeah. we we have to do our business. But I, I will say so. Right after we play them, they have Freiburg in the Pokal and then Freiburg again on the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a benefit because it's hard to play a team back to back. It's two separate competitions, but it's like if. If there's a stumbling block somewhere like that, I think them playing Freiburg back to back is kind of, uh, it's it's it can only help us. I think I don't know. I, I could eat my words later, but yeah, I I think it's honest. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect Freiburg. I just think at the moment, at least, you know, going into the break, I think it's a bit of a toss up of how they would perform against Munich, just because they've been stumbling as well in the league. Um, I think just like in the last month, they've only gotten like one win out of their last five or six games, if I'm not wrong. But uh, it could be a time for them to bounce back as well, especially they play them in the Pokal first and then again uh, in the league and then that time away at Freiburg. So maybe Freiburg will have a little bit. um, They learn from if they do lose in the Pokal, they learn from their mistakes and then come at them again. So, um, I mean, there's, there's there's some nice fixtures here and there that Munich or at least they're favorable to us. Uh, but yeah, I think for the most part, Munich maybe do have a little bit easier of an ex- of a schedule. And even then, if they didn't, they're a team that very, very, very rarely dropped points. So yeah, hit the hit them, get the win, and then just focus on ourselves for the rest of the season. We do also the fact that we're out of Champions League also helps us a bit yeah. too because we will have full weeks to recover. Despite, I mean, Pokal is... Uh, the other thing, but like they're 
in that too. But so that that does help us. Um, I feel like I'm just grasping for all like the good things and like the positive outlooks to like back me up. I don't know, which I am, I guess. I don't want to get too caught up in that. But I'm. it just all plays into me being very excited and, and confident. Um, but of course, Dirk Klassiker, Dortmund, uh, Bayern is Saturday, April 1st. So we have the weekend off. Um, it, was, was there anything specifically you want to talk more about matchups? I was going to shout out the uh, watch parties and, and that kind of stuff. No, I was going to, yeah, I was going to get our predictions going and then definitely the shout out for sure. Uh, I'm going 2-1 late. Late winner, I don't know who, but Dortmund winning two to one is my prediction. I'm like, that's all I have to say. That's um, <laughs> is that holding them to just one bold, goal? Both of you to assume we'll only concede one in Munich. Um, well, I, I really hope that'd be the case, just one maximum. But I'm gonna go. This is just me being optimistic here, hopeful because I can't even describe what it would mean to actually win the title here. Um, not saying the winning uh, winning that game would be the league decider, but anyway, I'm going to go 3-2. All right, cool, 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 cool. Two cool. wins on our side. Let's go. Um, I mean, I'll, I will always predict a win. I'm never going <laughs> to not. <laughs> um, so, watch party. Um, obviously, Carver and I, well, it maybe not obvious if you're a new listener, first of all, shout out to you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Make sure you say hi on the socials. Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. Um, Carver and I live in St. Louis. So our watch party spot is Amsterdam Tavern uh, in the Tower Grove area with Bruce STL Carver. I'll let you, I always let you pitch them and, and talk them up and uh, cause you've been hanging with them a lot longer than me. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. Obviously, yeah. obviously the watch party is April 1st yeah. Amsterdam Tavern for us. But if you just want to speak to the group, and then being involved in groups and, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. for any, yeah, for any, any new Dortmund supporters, Bundesliga supporters and fans. Yeah. Any new listeners in the area or not in the area that's even considering to come to that game. I highly recommend it. I talk up the group, a lot of just great group of people there. Um, they're very inviting. They're very welcoming. They're very passionate about the club too. Uh, we have a great time at the bar always. And to rev it up even more, of course you have Derek Klassiker, but then you also have Dortmund announcing the official partnership of the watch party for April 1st. Um, unless something has changed, Nathan, I hope I'm also not spoiling something, so apologies if so, but Nathan, the founder of the group, told me that Emma will be there, which is the mascot of Dortmund, the bumblebee. So Emma will be there, which is cool. Uh, maybe some other people, I'm not sure. But either way, I will be there. Uh, potentially Jake. And um, that's, I mean, me, and it should be enough already. <laughs> Or just, or just fellow people to watch Dorbin with. Like, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. You need. yeah. And I mean, all seriousness, yeah. No, and and for I, we know that um, on, most of our listeners are not from St. Louis, so uh, just so we're not just telling you like, hey, come to St. Louis because we know not everyone who listens. Most most people aren't aren't here, but I know. Shout out to the uh, Brooklyn Brucin who uh, I've had the pleasure and honor of of hanging and catching a game with earlier this season obviously there's the the guys in kansas city uh orlando i think baltimore and and charlotte some of the other people we've connected with um just like encourage you to find this dortmund supporters group in your area and go watch the game with them because it's a lot more fun and it's a way better experience watching with fellow dortmund fans 
best fans in the entire world. So please get connected. There is a link uh, in the description of this episode that will help you find uh, a group or, or club um, near you in the, the city near you. And if for some reason you can't find a group, um, cause I know when I went to Portland, I was, I looked up on that little club locator thing and I couldn't find a group in Portland, but I know we have listeners in Portland and a guy reached out after I went to Portland. So if, if you're like, Oh, I don't know who to get connected with, just send us a DM and we'll do our best to, uh, help connect you with other people who might be watching in, uh, across the States or, across i mean dumbarton Bruson in glasgow yeah. right yeah uh, those guys too overseas so yeah we're, wherever you're listening if you need help finding other dortmund fans we will help make that connection happen and any supporters groups we're having a party um that we haven't shouted out uh please reach out to us too because we want to reshare your party and uh, your watch party and everything on our socials we want to spread the love and, and get people connected with with the the groups in the club so yeah, as I mentioned before, even if you're not in the area, if it's feasible, please just consider come out to the watch party. I mean, I've already seen a handful of people online from Illinois side, from the Kansas City side, saying they're going to come down for that watch party. So even if you're not in St. Louis, I mean, obviously anyone's welcome. Would love to see you there. Uh, before we go, obviously it's the international break. And I was just going to quickly run through. I do not. Usually I'm a little more prepared, like who's playing what and where in the the international matchups. But this international window is not that important. <laughs> uh, I'll throw it out there. So hopefully no one gets injured. And maybe I'll, I'll post the matches if if there's anything exciting. But Gio Reyna obviously called up to USMNT. I shouldn't say obviously because uh, with everything that's going on, uh, surprisingly called up to the USMNT. Uh, shout out to Mer- uh, Wolf getting his first international yeah. call-up uh, with Germany uh, alongside Nico Schlatterbeck and Emre Chan getting a call-up too. Yep. Bit of German resurgence. Uh, Julian Rierson called up to Norway. Norway, I yep. almost said Sweden. I was getting my... <laughs> those countries confused. Uh, Jude Bellingham with England, obviously, and Sebastian Allaire. I know there's a lot, a lot of talk <laughs> around this subject. Uh, him, him going off to represent Ivory Coast. Um, obviously the club, the only talk was like the club was uh, slightly hesitant uh, because they, they've they been helping in his recovery process so much they kind of don't want to screw that up. But they're also not going to tell him he can't go. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Support and rep, rep his country. It's, it's such a big deal. And Thomas Mounier with Belgium and Sally Oshan with Turkey. Oh my gosh. I thought I thought I was in, I'm like just swiping through their Instagram and, and it just keeps going. Uh, Rafi Guerrero, Guerrero with... <laughs> Portugal, Dania Malin getting the call up with the Netherlands, and that yeah. is it. I, I finished. Yeah. A lot of good so call just, ups, and, and now it's it's nice and all, but please, for the love of God, everyone stay safe. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, that's the good thing. Like, these games aren't that important. So hopefully yeah. no one gets injured. But if you do want to watch some soccer this weekend, it's always a bummer. International breaks that aren't important when it's like, man, I just really want to watch Dortmund and just like domestic football in, in general. Uh, but if you want to keep an eye out for those countries and our Dortmund players, whether you're just making sure they don't get injured, but those are the, the countries you can watch out for this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, besides that, I don't really have anything else other than April 1st. It's going down. It's going down. It is going down. And uh, we will keep you updated on our socials, particularly Twitter, for any updates for contract extensions. Uh, the club has 
uh, reportedly said that a lot of these extensions should be, you know, for the most part handled by April 1st. So there was a lot of news coming out in the next few days. Uh, I know our podcast is usually a few days behind for that kind of news. If not, sometimes we're usually like the day before we're talking about it. And then like those kind of news will happen right whenever the episode drops. Um, <clears throat> but we both got full-time jobs. So <laughs> uh, anything that ever breaks, you'll see it firsthand on our Twitter. And then we'll talk about it on our show a few days after. Carver just gave the pitch. Hey, follow our Twitter feed for news. That is three days late. I think that's my first plug for our social. I could be wrong. No, it was. our Twitter our Twitter is always up to date. It's just our show isn't. Oh, the show. Well, <laughs> Which probably isn't I mean, the best plug for the listeners, but that's podcast. If you're listening, you should know. We we're recording this on a Tuesday night. So whatever news comes out on Wednesday, and if you're listening to this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, it's not our fault. Okay. Yeah. We try we we try our best. Uh yeah, no, it, exciting times ahead. I am uh I can't wait for April 1st. It's so Same. far away at this point. But yeah, I think that's it for the episode. We appreciate you guys listening again. The plugs. Everything is linked in the description of this episode at the BVB pod. Pod. It's just the pod at the BVB pod on Twitter and Instagram. Please reach out, especially if you need help finding a supporters group or club to watch with. And with that, we will see you later. Peace. Peace.